When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, as uh, we are ready to rock this weekend. Mark Cranach is on assignment. Uh, it is uh, all sorts of baseball this weekend. The rain is stopped. It's sunny. Uh, there's a lot of yards that need to be mowed because of the rain this week. But it's all good. So uh, fire it up. Tune us in ESPN Lincoln, ESPNLincoln.com. And uh, we are ready to get rolling on a Saturday. Listen, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, and uh, a weekend to go, it was all about O'Shawn Mathis, that anticipation, Nebraska uh, nailing uh, the recruitment, nailing the connection, nailing the family aspect uh, that was the difference maker. I mean, NIL, yes, has been a, a large topic this week and maybe a bit exhausting uh, we'll spend a little bit of time this hour with Gary Barnett, coach, able to uh, to lay out maybe some solutions, if there is such thing, and, and also how it got to here. And you, you wonder here in the coming weeks, from a guardrail standpoint and parameter standpoint, how quickly the powers that be, because it was just straight up a event session, Elijah, all week in Arizona between conference commissioners, football coaches, uh, different administrators. And and right now, uh, it, it is the Wild West. So Nebraska's going to continue to do their thing. They're going to be proactive. They were early and in on NIL, not as a pay-for-play motive, but more so just here's what Nebraska can do. Here's how... Uh, it does and will benefit student-athletes on the field, off the field, in the classroom. In Nebraska, I think the difference has been with Nebraska and a few other schools that have succeeded in the portal and with NIL, uh, they, they've been prepared for this. They haven't resisted. They may not like it, but they're not going to shun it. And that, that adapt-or-die mentality's been uh, been really good by Nebraska. Yeah, it just as you said, it's it's all about adapting or dying in the modern college football with all the, the changes we have seen in the past, I mean, we call it a year. Yeah, and and because you've had the portal for two, and you've had NIL since July, so how are you going to handle it? <laughs> I mean, and you look at the schools, I mean, I look down at Ole Miss down in the south, and they're adapting. I mean, NIL and the transfer portal has been Ole Miss's way of life over the past, say, 18 months. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way college football is going. If there aren't going to be the guardrails in place, you got to be on the forefront. you got to be uh, uh, the, those schools that are out there and, and, and getting 
uh, in, in the transfer portal, getting NIL dollars for their players because uh, Nebraska, let's be honest, needs it. They, they need a whole bunch of stopgap pieces in the program right now in order to be successful. It's, it's a winner, winner, excuse me, win now year for Scott Frost, and, and they got to they got to use all their resources available to them. Well, and it could be a boon for Nebraska, right? When it comes to the ability to to access some talent, maybe would have considered Nebraska, but now maybe that talent will go to Nebraska. A couple of names to, to listen for. We have told you about O'Shawn and, and Devin Drew, obviously. Uh, both those guys are, are in, and, and they'll be perceived major difference makers need to be for Nebraska on the defensive line. Uh, what else is next? Let's head to the phones. Gary's going to kick us off this Saturday morning. Gary, thanks for calling. Welcome into the weekend. Good morning. Morning. What do you know? Uh, the question that I have about this whole uh, portal thing is how do you hang on to the quality recruits if you keep getting these good players coming in through the portal? Well, they've got to see progress. They've got to have buy-in. I mean, it's kind of up to their success, their level of inclusion from a buy-in and culture, right? I mean, it, it's no different. It's just way easier. I mean, you, you could, you, you'd always worry about uh, homesickness or transfer or maybe not fitting the, uh, the, the tour and the recruiting trip much different world, Gary, than the 9 to 5 every day for uh, a, a student athlete pick a sport but we can talk football here and oh wow here's here is the, the depth chart how how genuine and honest were the uh, the recruiters and the position coaches and I think Nebraska tries to do that and I think a lot of schools try to do that so you don't have attrition now Nebraska's had that a lot and I don't know if it wasn't just a fit or Nebraska maybe missed or the kids just felt like, let's go somewhere else. You have a – it's more prevalent to, to have kids leave. Not that it hasn't always happened, but it's happening in larger droves now because of that portal. I think you're going to see uh, some portal windows in place here because you can't keep going on like this. And it, it's just going to take a lot of work from uh, athletic departments, from coaching staffs, and from peers, right, to keep kids – around uh, to moving on because just because you leave a place doesn't mean there's always a spot to to land that's the reality uh and and yeah. re- and, and really who who are the who are the kids that may be contemplating leaving listening to uh you need to be able to connect with them that i know what's best for you uh stick it out here before jumping off to another spot where there's going to be another buffet line of people in front of you to start you know, I read someplace that uh, so far this spring there's been like 1,600 players enter the portal. Mm-hmm. I, it seems like a lot, but when you put it in perspective, uh, I don't know how many Division One schools there are. But, 130. Uh, 130. So mm-hmm. you, that's not a lot of players con- considering how many uh, Division One schools there are. But... Uh, you know, I always think, and of course, you always try to go after the best player that you can get. Uh, but it, it's really hard. I'd hate to, I'd hate to be that coach uh, because it's so hard. I think to to uh, recruit these 
four and five star players and then hang on to them when you got guys coming in the same position through the portal. Well, the the, so. the thing is, is uh, what what is your what is your depth look like, right? Case in point, Nebraska's defensive yeah. line. Nebraska's needed to bring in more seasoned talent, more experienced talent on the defensive line, aside from what you have in Ty Robinson and Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson, right? It's not that you yeah. don't have talent behind those three. It's not that you don't have talent, but you got to find a replacement for a Daniels. You got to find a replacement for a Stilly. Uh, you got to find a replacement for O'Reilly. And I know Riley didn't log a lot of snaps, but he'd been in the program a couple of years. You have guys that have been in the program. What's their level of development? How, how quickly can they help you versus hurt you? Uh, not that they're yeah. not big, strong, or, or good kids. It's just, are they ready? <laughs> and and, and you, you got to communicate to them, listen, we think you're ready. We're going to help you to continue to get ready. But case in point, got to win now. So let's go look at ways that you can ease in or or get ready but not have to be the man. That's the juggling act. Yeah, and I think it changes for Nebraska, especially because of the the uh, problems that they've had the last three years. You know, yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 the wins, the expectations, and then right. how they've lost. Right, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you guys have a great day. I'll you see too. you later. Gary, Chris. be good, buddy. Enjoy some baseball Thanks. this weekend. Appreciate it. Now, when it comes to NIL and, and boosters and collectives, it, it sounds like. Trev Alberts uh, will we'll have a meeting uh, with uh, some of the top uh, boosters regarding NIL and, and get Nebraska's stance on it. Um, what, what you don't want is some retroactive punishment. This isn't about Nebraska. This is just a general take on, okay, so were you one of the schools, Ohio State, for example, that had an NIL deal that was in the millions for a high school quarterback. We, we know they did. Well, that quarterback transferred back to Texas, yours. Yep. And was that, the, was, was that decision based solely on NIL for the kid at the time? Was there booster involvement? Is there retroactive punishment? I don't know that you can go in in this, this, uh, this window of – when NIL exploded from last July to now, before you get parameters set up, you may not like it, but I don't think you can go in and hammer schools and, and punish them. But it's always been a rule that you can't have boosters in direct contact with help, help. No, I, I get it. I get it. But so that third party company is the proposer. Mm-hmm. Booster to third party company, third party company to prospective player. There's your buffer zone. And I believe that's what Nebraska has with their yes. the company with Lambricks and, and John Bruning. I believe mm-hmm. that's the company for, yeah. for Nebraska. So you would think Nebraska's not no, at I, risk. I don't, th- I don't think Nebraska's at risk, but I think there's going to be some tattling. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that may go on with Tennessee, that may go on with A&M. And um, so, yeah, well, and you know how cutthroat the SEC is. Uh, when it comes to perspective NIL situations where where is Nebraska at again Nebraska's on the forefront uh, using it to their advantage uh, Nebraska uh, is is right there Ohio State is right there 
those are the two teams that, that, that get it. There's other programs that have been slow to, to adapt to this. I mean, Michigan really doesn't have – they'll have plenty of opportunity with it, but Michigan's not been real quick to jump on that train. Same with Purdue, same with Wisconsin, same with Iowa. What you need is this balance of – well, you need to be, to be an appeal – to a a pro a, a, a handful of kids that a these are positions of need. We think you could be pretty good. It's not worked out for you for whatever reason. So appeal is here because we need you on the defensive line or off the edge. Well, I mean, these are also the same schools. I mean, NIL has really been a huge thing for the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been it's been there. It's not for, what it was intended. It's been there for, for high school recruits as well, but. This is what I necessarily, didn't necessarily see coming, when, how important it is with the transfer portal. And the, the schools you just mentioned, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, those have been the schools that don't really need to add they, they don't. The they don't portal. have a ton of tra- – I mean, I, I think you had a – I mean, Michigan's kind of been trying to band-aid the quarterback spot for a while before McNamara settled. But for the most part, you know, it's not that they haven't had transfers, but they've not been in the big transfer market. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always been Harbaugh taking his shirt off. Let's go wrestle in the living room and recruit, right? <laughs> I mean, these, these, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State land the four and five stars, and Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa go get the three stars. And historically, let's Minnesota, let's develop a kid into a an NFL prospect based on our projection. So uh, Nebraska in. In good position, and and we'll see if if Nebraska's done yet. Uh, when it comes to, I think next weekend is uh, is kind of circled for Kane Williams and uh, Stefan Win, both the Alabama prospects. Win the uh, the kid that's six four three fifteen, uh, another potential target on the interior. A couple of other names uh, to to look at from the Kansas City region. Caden Green, that offensive tackle out of Lee Summit, Missouri, Lee Summit North, and uh, Jaden Doss. Uh, projected looks next weekend uh, from a visit standpoint. can uh, send an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. can tweet at us this morning for the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach on assignment. He's got some baseball this morning. And uh, should be an, an awesome and glorious weekend of ball. Uh, thankfully, the, the weather's good uh, for the next, uh, you know, 48 hours yeah. and then a warm-up. So I'm looking forward to today. Got another district game coming up this afternoon. That is so. big. Our Rewind segment on the way. Gary Barnett will lay out NIL and maybe how a fix. Grant Wistrom also on the way this first hour. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. 
Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's check in with Gary Barnett, head coach, Colorado and Northwestern. Coach, I may actually get out for the first time this season in Nebraska. It'll stop raining, allegedly, by the weekend and should be good to go. I'm pretty fired up. Are you uh, set up for a tea time this weekend? Yeah, it's pretty much every day. You know, I couldn't live like you do, Chris. I just I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'll take some of the rain. I'll take some of the rain, but uh, I just couldn't live like that. So good luck with all that stuff. We hit on this, it seems like, uh, every Thursday. But I, I got to ask you this. As you see it, why did it get so messy with Portal and NIL and then the NCAA? Why didn't the NCAA not say, okay, the American Football Coaches Association four years ago proposed a portal window why now i mean they're adopting it now because it's it's a nightmare but why has it been so hard do you have a, an answer at all on any of that on the portal you know and that was created and went into effect a couple of years i don't think everybody knew how to use it it was moving along there were unintended consequences to it but there wasn't money involved mm-hmm. now that there's money involved with the nil then now it's gone to a level that nobody could control. And I don't think the NCAA, you know, the NCAA had a committee. They were working on NIL, uh, and they were they were a year away from making a presentation when everything happened. Mm-hmm. The, the court ruling came out, and all of a sudden, the laws that were going to go into effect in July and in many of the states uh, came to fruition. And so I don't think the NCAA had a chance to really sit down and hammer it out. They were in the process of trying to figure out the best way to police it and the best way to word it and um, the the best way to put some parameters around it. So they never got a chance to do it. And I think they were limited because there was not a federal law that said this is how it should work. So – uh, they then were thrust into trying to police 32 different states who had 32 different laws mm-hmm. and another 18 that had no laws at all. So I don't think they ever had a chance to throw their arms around it and work it through. It just happened so fast. But the portal, you know, until until money got involved, um we didn't have people leaving so quickly, mm-hmm. so disgruntled. And then I think it, it, it was it's like the virus. Sure. Uh, you know, only a few had it in the beginning, and then all of a sudden everybody starts seeing that and getting it and seeing the uh, agents and, and coaches and representatives for these players started saying, well, you know, there's, there's a way now that you can actually leave. Um, so... He, the, the, it hasn't been carefully thought, thought thought out. It has been thrust on everybody quickly, and I just think everybody's got to take a deep breath and somehow create an agency or a group that has some clout that can create some laws and then enforce them. And it's 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 not going to happen right away. I don't think you've watched the discussions taking place in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody down there, none of the conferences have an answer. 
they all have different answers, which is much like uh, when the whole portal came out or the whole NIL thing came out. Some states had it, some states didn't, some states addressed it. So it's it's still that way. And the NCAA has had no firm ground to make a, take a stand on or with in the NIL. Um, you know, the... The early signing date, I think, creates a big problem for for the portal. Uh, and all that stuff has got to be hammered out, and I don't know where it's going to go. But it looks like to me the early signing date needs to go away. The portal needs to be limited at times. That doesn't seem so difficult. Um, putting, the, putting the horse back in the corral after the uh, early signing date, I don't think – I don't think the early signing dates created all that much of an advantage for anybody. And so that one's an easy fix, I think, uh, with some some um, accommodations. But uh, the portal's got to have limits on it, and then they've got to figure out the NIL. That's a good explanation. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio, with this task force that um, is set to be being put in place to, to help sanction NIL that's going to be a tight, tight walk for administrators, ADs, coaches, in some instances, isn't it? I mean, boosters are there, and, and a lot of places have great boosters, and then there's places that have boosters that try and run the show, and uh, it's their want and will over people that are actually working and doing a job, and, and you, you clash heads from time to time. Can can it be done to to put a police force together, for lack of a better term, and you know with the, with NIL sanctions, can can you get the genie back in the bottle for this pay for play thing? I, I don't I don't think so, Chris. I I think that uh, it's heading in one of two directions. I think either one of these conferences. Is going to start paying players out of the rev- out of a shared revenue, mm-hmm. and once that happens, then then it's going to pare down the number of teams who really want to who want to pay that kind of money out of their revenues uh, could afford it. You know, we all this conversation, a lot of this conversation has to do with about in reality about fifteen teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Uh, and it, uh, it's it's the upper it's the it's it's one it's three percent of the whole college football population that we're really talking about here, and so uh, I think we got somebody's got to sit back and say, now wait a minute, what what we're doing all this because of three percent of all the college football players? You know, really, is, is that where we want this whole thing to go? So I think it's got to go that direction or. Um, the NFL is going to have to jump in somehow with inducements because they're not going to do it for nothing, but mm-hmm. somehow create uh, a league, developmental league, in which all the kids who really don't want to go to school but want to go make money and want to chant, want to try to get the NFL or think they can and have been projected to be able to do it, be NFL guys. And, and then... Everybody else gets gets stuck with 
they get, you know, the, the other, uh, I'm going to say 95% of the players. You'll have 5% of the players go to the, go to the developmental league, and the rest of the college programs will have the other 95%. And there's, you know, I, I believe that there'd be enough interest and I believe there'd be enough quality play in that other 95% to ge- keep uh, generating interest and keep the interest in college football alive and there'd be enough television time to make that happen. But I, it's got to be one of those two things. It's going to be one of those two things is what I should say. Gary Barnett's with us. You look at the TV projected uh, deals for rights for – the SEC and the Big Ten, there's a good chunk of teams there that, that make a lot of money for their schools. And then you've got everyone else. You've got Oklahoma, Texas leaving. You've got SC trying to kind of come back uh, in the Pac-12 with a new commissioner there. Interesting times. Coach, Nebraska had a pretty good weekend uh, on the uh, recruiting front as Mathis picking Nebraska over Texas and some more info from him. It was... Really, uh, the opportunity uh, against Big Ten talent and just how how comfortable he felt. I mean, NIL, I'm sure, played a part, but I don't know how big a part it played. It didn't sound like that was a main factor or the factor. Uh, Nebraska also getting a, a transfer from Texas Tech and Drew that's got a number of snaps in, in Power 5 plays. So Nebraska able to upgrade their defensive line. From a defensive standpoint, Nebraska will have a good problem getting different guys on the field on pass rush situations. Was there anything you liked to do or was a specialty with some of your defenses to, to get some of those difference makers on the field if you had a number of them? Well, yeah, if you have, if you've got a number of them, especially up front uh, or on the edges, you, you, uh, you create a package which you take two of those edge guys and get them inside because they're really, while they're hard to handle outside, they're really a, a, a problem for some of those guys that play offensive guard. And so you can cover up a center and two guards with, with those kinds of edge players that have that kind of quickness. Then, then I think that's what you do. You, you know, you're you probably got a couple of edge players now that more than one or more than two, and so you can get the best guy in the game by getting him inside. Um, and, and the other thing is to stand him up and let him go where he wants to go. So, yeah, there's all sorts of creative ways you can do it. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, last thought, are, are you a, a big Ozark fan streaming uh, Netflix? Are, are you into any series at all? <laughs> I can't believe you asked me that question. We watched three of them last night, and it – it was so late when we finished the third one and the next one, which will be a C 15. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't stay up and watch it, but we're going to, we're, we're going to watch it tonight. So yeah, I'm a big Ozark fan. I wasn't when it first started because it was too familiar. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm going, you know, this isn't, this isn't making my people look very good. And, uh, and then we went to Big Cedar Lodge last year down in, uh, at Table Rock okay. in Branson. And I thought, you know, I've got to watch this show before I go down there. And so then we got hooked on it. And so, yeah, are you watching that? I, I finished it, man. I finished it two nights ago. Oh, uh, well. Don't tell me. I won't. I won't. I won't. Oh. 
got shot last night, so I, I'm I'm waiting for the next one. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, thanks for the time. All right, Chris. Good being with you. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Now back with Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Hour 2. We welcome in College Football Hall of Famer and uh, Nebraska standout legend Grant Wistrom back. Uh, are you sunburned, yes or no? Uh, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a little glow about me. I uh, was smart with the sunscreen and uh, wore appropriate attire, so I didn't get too burnt, man. There we go. Well, you were fishing. Before we dive into day-by-day, day, what'd you catch? Uh, we caught Tracy hooked into a tarpon. It was crazy. We were fishing back in this little, we were down in the Florida Keys, and uh, we had like $60 fishing poles we bought at the bait shop. And we're catching mangrove snapper, and he hooked a little 8-inch mangrove snapper and reeling it, was reeling it in, and this tarpon came and hammered it. So, I mean, it's probably a 40-pound fish, and they're hard to land on a, with the right tackle. And they have enough poles. And Tracy popped the thing for about 20 minutes, but it finally snapped his line. But that was the biggest fish that we hooked. He, also, he caught about a 25-pound grouper, um, which is pretty awesome. And then other than that, we just caught a bunch of mangrove snapper and uh, some yellowtail. My brother Chance, we, he was on an aquarium bingo hunt. He uh, <laughs> he caught about every fish you can find in your aquarium, but none of them you could eat. So we, we invented a new game for him, where he's just uh, aquarium fish fishing bingo for Chance. But. <laughs> this uh, sounds like a pretty special spot for you and your family. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, man. I, I lived in Florida for about eight years when I was a kid, and every year for spring break. We'd go to the Florida Keys, and it would just be me and my two brothers with mom and dad. And we had a little fishing boat. Dad painted bright red, yellow, and put a 10-horsepower motor on it and said, go get it. And we would fish all day long. And whatever we brought back, Dad would they, they cook for us. So we'd bring home sharks, stingrays, octopus, stone crab, shrimp, whatever we could catch. We would cook it when we got home. So, um it was pretty amazing getting to go relive that experience again with my brother and with my mom and dad. And Tracy, for all the trash I talk about him, he's a pretty darn good brother. <laughs> and uh, he surprised us with that trip. We had no idea where we were going. Um, we only knew we were going to Florida once we got to the airport. And then when we got, well, even when we got to Florida, we didn't know that we were headed back to the same place we used to stay at 35 years ago, man. It was, it was amazing. Man, that sounds really cool. That sounds awesome. Grant Wistrom's with us. Day by day, Grant premieres next week. 
at the Rococo Thursday showtimes and can get your movie tickets daybydaymovie.com. I know you're featured on it along with your your, your brother's uh, teammates you uh, played in Nebraska with. Are, are you excited about this? Uh, there's a lot of documentaries that are out on different teams. You look at the 30 for 30s that are out there, and Nebraska fans have been clamoring for one on the the run. And this first feature is The Rise. And uh, touch on just... I guess what you're feeling about your story, your teammates' story, the Nebraska football story that the fans will see next week. Man, Schmitty, I've been looking forward to this since it was just a rumor I don't know how many years ago. Um, and it's always been one of, you know, like you alluded to a little bit, you know, they're going to do a 30 for 30. They're going to do this, they're going to do that. And it never, and you just kept hearing these stories. So, you know, even when, you know, Josh Davies and the crew came up with this concept, you know, even then I'm like, you know, I've heard this before. This is never going to happen. And then, you know, they send a film crew down to Springfield. And I'm like, oh, this seems like it's going to be pretty legit. And then still, that was probably two years ago that I did that. And it's just like, man, is this ever going to happen? And then it's like, oh, we're going to release it on the Big Ten Network and this and that, and it still never happened. So, you know, I've been – hoping for a long time it was going to happen because I can't wait to see it. I got to see the trailer, uh, and it looks amazing, and I cannot wait to sit down and watch it. Grant Wistrom's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, the day-by-day documentary next week. And we were out in Boulder a couple of years ago, and there was kind of a Q&A with uh, a lot of the guys uh, that were teammates of yours and that was great to see. Pandemic happens, but I think uh, this will be absolutely well worth the wait. And uh, the sto- what what's the uh, what's the story behind the story? I'm going e true Hollywood story. Forgive me, but what what are fans you think going to be walking out of the theater, shaking their head about? They know how great you guys played, but the, there's so many backstories and so many different personalities that'll be profiled. You know what, Schmitty? I'm probably going to be shaking my head when I walk, you know, after I get to watch it, too, because just watching the preview or the trailer for it, there were so many things that guys touched on that I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that did happen. And there was just there was just so much going on at that time at Nebraska um, that I don't know, man. You could – there's going to be a lot of different things to talk about once I think you walk out. You get to watch it and you're walking out. Um but to me, I just watching the trailer. Coach Brown said, I think it was Coach Brown or Coach Gill said, we changed who we recruited to guys that you know it wasn't about maybe stars behind their you know their names, but it was we recruited guys that you would have to kill them to get them to stop. And without a doubt, 100% to a man on that team. Those are the type of dogs we had. And, and that's why we were good. Because we were all just had that mindset that it does not matter what's going on right now. We're going to figure out a way. Did you come in and your class come in and, and, and already kind of have that in stone? Or did it need to be molded? I mean, I'm sure there was confidence, but that no-blink mentality. You have to have that in you. Mm-hmm. There's part of that has to be in your DNA, but it can be enhanced. 
And the guys that were there, the older guys that were there, I saw how they approached it. And so, yeah, I already had that in me. I, you know, I've never felt that I've lost a football game and just ran out of time every now and then. <laughs> and, those, you know, and that was already in me. But to just develop, just to harden that edge every day at practice, with those guys that already had that in them, that's what really brings it out of people. Just steel sharpens steel. So when you're showing up every day and it's a dogfight, you're going to get better. And that's the way we practice, uh, and that's the way we play. few minutes, Grant Wistrom's with us. Hail Varsity Radio, day by day, the documentary, The Rise. Uh, premieres Thursday at the Rococo. And, and Grant, one of the narratives just growing up here and going to games with my family was – awesome nebraska's 10 and 2 9 and 3 but they'd lose to an oklahoma or miami would do not nice things to nebraska winning the big one was that something you guys heard even when you you came in as a freshman about the program yeah you know i mean that was always kind of the rap you guys can't you know you do great in the big 12 or big 10 big 8 but you know when it comes down to playing florida schools you guys just don't have the athletes they do and, you know, I love the fact that we probably didn't have the athletes that any of those Florida schools did. But we had a will to win that they couldn't touch. And, and that's what those teams were about, just the will to win and to impose our will upon those that we played. Grant, with uh, the topic of adversity, that's that's going to be one of the, the subplots uh, there was, despite the on-field, there was off-field uh, situations and even that uh, junior season where it wasn't, you know, a, an undefeated season. How did you guys as leaders in that locker room deal with adversity? You know, we just kept looking within ourselves and looking within the locker room. You know, we knew that anything from outside of the locker room was going to just be a distraction. You know, and, and then with, you know, with, with Lawrence Phillips and all that going on, you know, if you heard, if you got outside of the locker room, you're going to have people bringing you down. So we just stayed within ourselves and kept looking within and just turned our backs to all the negative stuff going on. Because, I mean, that was horrible, absolutely horrible what happened. But there were still 149 other guys on that team that had to show up and play football every day, and that's what we did. With Coach McBride, uh, spend a second on on his mentorship and and just the defense you got to play in. Uh, Coach McBride, I said on your show before, he's everything a football coach should be. I mean, he would, I really believe at any given moment, he would step out in the street and fight with you. He would fight for you. Uh, just would rip your butt one minute, but nobody else better say a dang bad thing about you. Had your back all the time. Always had you prepared to play. You knew that, you know, you, you're around some coaches that you're like, this guy wants it more than I do. You know, and you get to be around a handful of coaches like that in your career. A lot of guys are there to pick up a paycheck. You knew Coach McBride wanted it more than you did. And for you to not be able to go out there and just lay it on my – not even on Saturday. Anybody go out there and play hard on Saturday. You go out there and you played hard on Monday because you didn't want 
him to have to deal with Coach Tennifer getting in his ear about the old line whooped our butt that day. So, you know, we went as much as we went to play for us and it went to at bat for us, you know, we did it for Coach McBride, Coach Osborne, Coach Samuel, all those guys. All of them were important to us. They loved us and we loved them. Grant Wistrom's with us day by day. The Rise showing next week. Rococo Theater, daybydaymovie.com. And uh, Grant Wistrom with us. Grant, what did you pay forward? I mean, because Nebraska football didn't go away once you graduated. Three championships, 60 and three in that span. But what are you proud of uh, with uh, what you left from a leadership standpoint? You know, I do believe that when, you know, our class got out of there, we left the program in better shape than when we found it. You know, granted, they were dang good when we first got there. You know, lost to Florida State in the national championship the year before. But we ran it. You know, we ran it further. We took it further. So, you know, that's most proud of. And, you know, going back for our senior year and winning one more. You know, I don't I, – I didn't – know how much that would mean to me then i know like at the at the time it was just like yeah let's go let's go let's go back and at the time it was more about me and just i wasn't in a position to go into the nfl yet where i wanted to be and i'm so thankful that i didn't get the information that i was wanting to hear at that time as as far as being a top 10 pick because i probably i would have had to have left and just knowing that I got to go back and play one more year of college football for the greatest coach in the history of college football with some of the greatest guys that I'll ever know. Um, I'm really proud of that. And at the time, it, it kind of seemed like a step backwards, but, man, it, it's one of the highlights of my life. Can you take us into that meeting with, with Coach Osborne, you and Jason? Yeah. So, Jason and I, you know, we both talked after, you know, our last game of our junior year against uh, Virginia Tech. And neither one of us was really sure what we were going to do, but it was one of those things where whatever we did, we are probably going to end up doing it together. And uh, we both went in and sat down with a coach and just, he just said, you know, how can I help you guys? You know, he there wasn't any trying to persuade us of one to do one thing or another. It's just like, you know, what information can I get for you? And so we said, Coach, you know, we're just we're really, you know, there's – you see everybody's draft boards and they're all over the place. You know, we would like a credible source of information of, you know, where we're slotted right now to go in the draft. So, you know, he called up a couple of GMs that he had good contacts with in the league and, uh, you know, they were just like, no, they're – you know, probably late first round guys, both of them. And that's all we needed to hear. And uh, we let Coach know that we were coming back. And, you know, we obviously at the time didn't have any idea that Coach was contemplating hanging it up after that year. Um, and didn't know till pro- I didn't know till probably 10, 15 years later that that was, you know, in its thought process. So, when all that came back out that, you know, a big reason for Coach coming back his last year was the fact that Jason and I were coming back, <clears throat> it's really humbling. And uh, to this guy, I mean, he had nothing left to prove. He'd done it all. But, I mean, he honors commitment. And that's a, a rarity in today's day and age. 
And the fact that, you know, Jason and I were honoring our commitment, um, you know, he, he felt like he needed to come back and, and honor his to us as well. And I don't know the difficult conversation he had to have with Coach Solich over it and probably a few other hard conversations uh, that we're not privy to. Um, you know, his family, Mrs. Osborne, all those people. I can't imagine all the people he had to turn around that probably knew what was supposed to happen. And then to, to walk back down from that decision, um, like I said, it's just really humbling and so thankful, so, so thankful uh, that he did that. Because I, I love Coach Solich, but you just never know, you know, how the, you know, how the season would unfold. And that was one of the coolest seasons I've ever been a part of, the way it finished up in Missouri with the, the kickball game, uh, just the, the season from top to bottom. So much fun, man. So much fun. Grant Wistrom's with us day by day, day by day movie.com to get your, your seats. Hey, enjoy the documentary. Thanks for your time uh, and, and talking about uh, day by day with this grant. And awesome you got to go fishing with family, man. Thanks for a few minutes. You bet, Smitty. Thanks for having me on, man. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, Tower 2. It's the weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach on assignment. He may be uh, doing some infield duty right now. His little guy has got baseball tournaments. Elijah Herbal in uh, the mustache manicured as he's got a full weekend of, uh, of umping going on. We welcome in managing editor with Hale Varsity, Author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Brandon Vogel is with us at Brandon L. Vogel. And uh, we are going to talk NIL. We're going to talk transfer, college football traditions, and some derby picks from uh, Vogel and uh, Vogel Jr. Brandon, good morning. Good, sir. How are you? Doing pretty well. How are you guys? We are good, man. It's sunny and nice and kind of glorious outside i I don't know if the rain is cleared in in uh churchill downs uh, yet or not but we'll get there in a while so i was texting you before the show just some ideas some thoughts and full disclosure you sent me a chilling chilling picture deep in the bowels of, of pba uh and this picture is of little Red when we were t- <laughs> when we were talking college football traditions in in a quick group text, 
What's the origin of that? Can you divulge any info? Because there's two security guards. It looks like The Shining a little bit. The two security guards that are facing opposite ways, and there's Little Red emerging. I will tweet the picture out, but uh, where did that come from, my friend? <laughs> yeah, you know, mascots are just like us. They've got to occasionally get places. Sometimes you got to walk through... Uh... Through the the concourses of, of PBA, uh, the behind the scenes concourses, and that was a photo by John Peterson, uh, one of our staff <laughs> photographers during this year's Nebraska Wisconsin game, and it's it's pretty perfect. I mean, and you know the best of conditions, uh, Chamber of Commerce, Sun, full packed Memorial Stadium, uh, low red on the sidelines. This uh, is creepy in its own way. Uh, put them in a dark corridor, and, and then you've really got some nightmare fuel. <laughs> nightmare fuel, man, and uh, there it is. Uh, we will, we will, we will get the pick out shortly. But we were we were talking traditions uh, a little bit, uh, and you've got a, a pretty. Infamous, I guess, is the best word to use. Twitter handle and in, in, in Boomer. Uh, I think that's the uh, uh, old big game Boomer. Big game yeah. Boomer. Yeah, I mean, so we've had fun with with his lists, with some of his topics, and he uh, has decided yesterday to to fire off his seventy five best traditions in college football. So I've been on the road a, a few times. I've seen Ralphie run. Just a handful of times, even though I've been to Boulder probably the most. And that's just because there's a beer garden too close to the entrance to, <laughs> to, to pry away from before kickoff. But they've got Ralphie's run in at number two. They've got the Kinnick Wave, which I think is, is really touching to the, the, the Children's Hospital. You've been to Auburn, yes or no? I've been there for the spring game, um, but I have been to Georgia Southern for a regular season football game where they are on Nebraska schedule this year. Uh, uh-huh. So there's your connection, I guess. But the connection here is that they also uh, fly an eagle around the stadium pregame. Probably it doesn't have quite the uh, quite the impact of you know Jordan Hare Stadium, which is massive. Actually, now that I think about it, they did they did. Uh, let the the eagle fly during the spring game. So I have seen that one. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm sure it's even cooler, you know, at 7 p.m. on a fall Saturday in Auburn. Um, so that would be that would be up there for me. Um, Wisconsin's jump around is is way up there. As is you know getting the chance to see Ralphie uh, when Nebraska played at Colorado a couple of years ago. Those are all pretty good. Yes or no on Virginia Tech? Did you make that road game? I know Cranach was was there for Inner Sandman and still raves about Inner Sandman. I have not experienced that in person. Uh, went to a South Carolina Clemson game in Columbia a few years ago. South Carolina's entrance is is pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a huge marching band guy, but Ohio State's. <laughs> Ohio State's halftime is is a spectacle worth worth seeing at some point if you haven't. They are legendary with. I just remember the the Thriller halftime show, which was incredible. I look at um, the whiteout at Penn State. Mm. The Sooner schooner always bothered me, and quite frankly, I'm glad <laughs> nobody was hurt. But when it tipped over. 
that, that brought a little bit of a joy. Midnight yell for A and M kind of weirds me out. I, I imagine somebody's tied up somewhere. Um, but the one I'd like to see, I always thought Florida State with the flaming spear and then planting it yeah. at midfield. That was incredible. Now it always coincided with beasts of a football team and Charlie Ward. I mean, they were they were great. And you know what? As a Nebraska fan, you, you you've been groomed to to dislike the U, but man, they were innovators running through that that smoke. I mean, they were the first to really kind of figure out their own little niche and running through the smoke when the hurricanes come out of the line. Every Orange Bowl, you want to talk about nightmare scenario? <laughs> you see those guys run out of the tunnel with the smoke. I thought the Miami smoke was pretty good. Yeah, who knew a couple of fire extinguishers could, I mean, because a lot of these, you know, that we're talking about, uh, you know, things like Jump Around or Inner Sandman at Virginia Tech or most of the kind of college football entrances, minus, you know, stuff like Ralphie that, you know, has been around forever, is all after Miami. Um, You know, prior to that, you just kind of, two teams came out, got on the field, and you played some football. Um, so, And I'm not bemoaning that, you know, that was a better time necessarily. It's uh, it's just we get a lot more spectacle now. And you look at that list, which, you know, in classic big game boomer fashion, goes to, I think, 100. Mm. Uh, a lot of that stuff is, is fairly recent for a sport that's as tradition-rich as college football. Now, coming in at number 16, is Texas Tech's tradition of throwing tortillas? Am I in the dark here? I, that doesn't ring a bell at all. Oh, they 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 whip tortillas like they're frisbees, and it was it was really good because you go back and talk to Leach and the the famous Crabtree sideline two seconds touchdown walk off. Not only did they take down number one Texas and Applewhite. But there's tortillas flying, and Mac Brown's having to duck. <laughs> I mean, uh, they they for whatever reason, and I've not ever been to, to Lubbock, but Vogue's the and and Elijah, the, yeah, the, the tortillas just come flying. I mean, it's almost kind of like reminiscent of the the frozen oranges that were chucked at the end of every Nebraska, Colorado, or Nebraska, Oklahoma game. Well, I, I guess that's better than the the mustard that gets chucked down at Tennessee games. Mustard and golf balls. Yeah, <laughs> you got a duck and try and catch. Uh, you got a flying spittoon. Too low, too high, or just right. Tunnel walk. Nebraska was really the first to have giant video screens, those old-school Mitsubishis in 1994. Remember the unveiling against UCLA. And Tunnel Walk comes in at number 29. I think that, sorry, I'm trying to separate from where I'm from, where I've grown up, and the experience, all the big games, right? Sold out since the Devaney era. But I think Tunnel Walk is, was and is groundbreaking and still chilling in a, in a fantastic way i think it's top 10 it can't be 29 i guess it's got to got to do with some wins here maybe i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> tunnel walk at 29 too low or, or, or what do you think of that ranking yeah you know glancing at the rankings and i don't remember everything that's uh, above it it felt about right i mean there's you know there's so much in college football and you know we're not even talking about just kind of the power five schools here or even just FBS schools, if you really want to like dig into it. And 
you know, Nebraska, you're right. I think kind of its role as an early adopter scores it some some points that could that could bump it a couple of spots, but you know, it's really tough to 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 go through and even come up with the traditions that you have to leave off a list that's that's a hundred log. So, you know, the twenties felt about right for me for that one. Now, Brandon, I think back to my days working with Husker Vision, and I remember that the topic pretty much every summer was what's going to happen with the tunnel walk this fall? Is there going to be updates? Is it going to look different? And and during my time there, the, the, the agreement was we'll, we'll do this scene setter video before the tunnel walk. We'll, we'll kind of get some, some new juice in there, and then we'll go back to the traditional tunnel walk, which all, all the fans love. And I want to get your take on this. Is it time to update the tradition of the tunnel walk, change the music, to change up something with the tunnel walk to, to keep it with the times? Because there's a lot of great tunnel walks out there in college football now. Yeah, there are. And I think, you know, and a part of the reason that the song comes up so often is, is not because, you know, it's a <laughs> it's a bad song or, or any of that. It's just so closely tied for, well, for people my age, I guess, Bulls. and maybe older um, with the Chicago Bulls. And so, you know, you're going to run into this where <laughs> Virginia Tech uses a very famous, perhaps the most famous Metallica song. You know, so all of these things have additional context, but... With, with Sirius and Nebraska, I think because it came, you know, right during the, the peak of the Bulls era, and it was used in that fashion for the most famous basketball player in the world to enter the court to, um, as well as, you know, six championship teams. I think that's part of the, the hesitation that's always around that a little bit, more so than, you know, maybe it's dated or maybe it's tradition, and that's why you can't get rid of it. Bogue's going to switch gears uh, as the week that's been. Arizona, a a hot spot for frustration with athletic directors, uh, coaches, administrators, and you have the Pac-12 and SEC commissioner calling some of their friends in Washington, uh, threatening some <laughs> lifelines to uh, to congressional help with NIL and in the portal. Some programs have adapted well and thrived in the era of the portal and NIL. Some have not gotten off the couch, so to speak. And and maybe the turnaround here is sanctions, policing in, in short order. What did you make of the college football meetings this week? And uh, on, a, on a bigger scale, you know, touch on your reaction to Nebraska's ability to navigate, you know, a week and a half ago, we're talking Casey Rogers and Nebraska lost a, a veteran defensive presence. You fast forward to, to today, and Nebraska really did well uh, via the portal, probably with some NIL help uh, to, to upgrade, to beef up their defensive line. Yeah, um, so the, you know, it was a reaction to much of the conversation around NIL and specifically as it relates to the transfer portal this week, like, you know, I think everybody kind of sees that right now it, it truly is. And I mean, everybody uses this term, but it truly is the wild west. And, and part of the reason, like, it, it's great that there's rumblings from the NCAA that they're going to retroactively punish some teams. I'll be shocked if that ever happens because like, did people know they were bending the rules? Did they, you know, we take the 8 million guy at Tennessee who technically hasn't been revealed who that is yet, though we have a pretty good sense. Um, 
you know, they come up with this deal for him, and it says, like, explicitly in the contract, you know, this does that mean, like, you, you, I don't remember the, exactly the language, but basically it clearly was outlining, hey, we're aware that we can't give you $8 million to come to Tennessee, so we're going to say we're not doing that, but it's kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So to, to go back and, like, retroactively prove that whenever you can be like, hey, we thought we were just playing by these new set of rules, um, I don't see that happening. The NCAA just, it's never had a ton of actual sway, I think, in terms of preventing things, in particular, in college football. I don't know if it's going to do it now. Like, I think it's going to take a, a conference or a group of conferences kind of agreeing to play by the same set of rules on their own. And that seems quite a ways off to me. As for Nebraska, you know, I think – Everyone kind of looked at this as we know of the, the legendary passion of Husker fans, and we know of kind of the fishbowl nature of playing football in Nebraska for, for all of the well-worn reasons, and that should put them in a pretty good spot for NIL. And I think that's proving out what, you know, I wasn't talking about or necessarily thinking that about was how much some of these other schools would be motivated to to jump in and, and get there. I mean, we know you knew the heavy hitters would be there, but there's some like that kind of like that next tier down that are really making a push and putting together big time NIL deals and trying to get into the fold. So I think Nebraska is basically holding its ground there, um, which might be about as well as you can do at this early stage when people are still trying to figure this thing out. Brandon Vogels with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel. I think Nebraska, from the get-go between the portal and roster management and, and of course, NIL last summer, uh, Vogue's fair to say they were, they were more than prepared. I mean, Nebraska looks like they had a crystal ball out. Yeah, I think I think the preparation part of it was was pretty strong. Um, you know, they were one of the first schools to kind of come out and announce some of these partnerships, and those things are going to continue to evolve. Like it's it's so big, and there's so little regulation at this point that you know you need help to even try and get your arms around it. And oh, as we you know each day that goes by that we're deeper into this this new era for college football you learn some new things, some things that didn't work, some things that do work, some things that you hope will work in the future. So I think Nebraska has done a good job. Like it's, it, it takes a team to, to stay on top of this. And you, you think about it from a coach's perspective, like those guys were all ready, you know, particularly in season, but also with recruiting, like working such long hours. And now you add this entirely new avenue where you could almost have a department devoted solely to evaluating and, you know, targeting transfer prospects. So uh, I don't envy the coaches in this kind of new new age that we're in. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity. Brandon, what do you think happens first? Does the NCAA step in and, and, and fix the landscape of NIL, or, or does the NCAA fix the college football playoff? Two, two problems I think that a lot of – college football fans would consider uh, some of the bigger problems in college football right now, A, a four-team playoff, and B, NIL. Which one does the NCAA fix first? Hmm. Um, 
I'm not super confident in his ability to fix either, but I think <laughs> with what we've seen over the past couple of weeks slash months, like the transfer portal paired with NIL has just gone nuts and it's become the cause du jour. So I'm expecting, you know, them to kind of put their eggs in that basket because it's the one that has the most tension now. You know, it looked like, well, like 11 months ago that the playoff was the future of the playoff was settled. We we knew where that was going and then Texas and OU jumped to the SEC and feelings got hurt and away we went with that. So I feel like that's kind of comfortably on the back burner for now. Brandon Vogel's with us. Uh, Vogel's how many mint juleps has Junior had? He's just really excited. Uh, his, his second Kentucky Derby, he, he was barely, uh, wasn't really aware for the last one. So this is this is the enthusiasm you get. You know, we spent last night pouring over the the racing form. So he's he's into it now. <laughs> well, let's let's shift there. A big day at Churchill Downs, first leg of the uh, Kentucky Derby or the the Triple Crown. And Vogues, you've been to the Derby, correct or no? Were you in the infield? I was in the infield. I've been I've been there once. Um, so, gosh, almost twenty years ago at this point. So it's been a, it's been a while, but I have been there. So last night started with story time from you about your excursion to the infield, and Junior sat and listened uh, attentively, uh, attentively, and 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 then here's the racing form. We asked Thursday for help. Uh, Daddy here needs to pick a winner at the Iowa Russ Derby party on the deck tonight. And things have not shifted horribly from some odds I've seen early in the week. What do you got for me here as your favorite? And what do you think in win, place, or show here? Just uh, give me a, give me a winner, my friend, <laughs> tonight. And and are you on or off the cyber knife bandwagon as far as the, being the the quasi long shot twenty to one disruptor? Uh, yeah, cyber knife's pretty interesting. Uh, his odds, I think, kind of accurately reflect that there's there's some to like there. Uh, a little bit worried about his kind of versatility in a race like this. I mean, the Kentucky Derby is so hard. And, like, what type of race unfolds matters so much based on, you know, for which, which type of horse even has a chance. But you don't know that in advance, which is which is why it's a challenge and, and why it's sort of fun. So I could, I could see uh, throwing Cyberknife in into some exotics, but probably not in the win, win place area. Like if if you want the safe bet, I uh, I would go with the, the second favorite, at least on the morning line, uh, like at the center. Got a pretty unassailable uh, track record to this point. The the real long shot that I'm pretty interested in is Crown Pride, the the horse from Japan, which you know is. <laughs> Kind of the, the classic thing of like did really well in a you know non traditional path to the Derby, and what does that mean? But looking at past performance, like there's a lot to like there. So if you want a, a thirty to one shot or so, at least that's what he was in the morning line. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Crown Pride. I'll probably throw a little win bet on him. All right. If you were to uh, have the funds. 
and get a horse to race in next year's Derby, the only string being it has to be somewhat of a Husker-related name, what uh, what what Husker-related name would you name your horse? Hmm. I've thought about this question before, and I came up with the perfect 18-letter name with no spaces, and I don't remember what it was now. Um, so I apologize. I'll have to go back through my notes. But off the top of my head, uh, you got a Husker-themed horse. I think these letters would work out, but man, woman, and child would be a pretty good racehorse <laughs> name. Good. That's really good. I, I would go... I mean, it's it's got to be for me, Fumble Rooski. Well, that's that's a really good one too. I like that a lot. Elijah, you're racking your brain. You'd probably just go Sue, wouldn't you? <laughs> or Indomican. You, okay, you just named the horse Indomican, and he'd and he'd scare the hell out of the rest of the horses. That's, that's up there. <laughs> All right. The, the, the great thing, the great thing about Fumble Rooski is when when it inevitably wins the Derby. And then is put out to stud to collect million dollar sire fees. You know, the horse that you keep from that is then bouncer rooski. Uh, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Vogues, have a great weekend. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. And you and Junior pace yourself tonight. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. Brandon Vogel with us. Hail Varsity. Uh, com and Magazine Managing Editor. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. We'll take a quick time out. Weekend edition rolls forward. The Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, up next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. Gonna bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Weekend edition, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach on assignment. No martinis today, just bourbon. And uh, mint juleps, we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, happy Derby Day, buddy. How are you? Hey, Schmitty. Yeah, the, see, the, the bourbon is the whole key uh, in making the fine mint julep. Not everybody can make a mint julep. You've got to have the right blend of bourbon. Yes, you do. And, and Vogues is not only our football guy, but he's also our bartender aficionado. And I would trust him to do it right. I I will probably have a julep tonight. First time in three years. You've met my friend uh, Russ, Iowa Russ, yeah. And and he has the the mother of all derby party, <laughs> you know, pre pre pandemic, and and we re- return to normalcy tonight. So excited about that. I've got my uh, aptly named uh, pink tie picked out. I mean, so it's it's on. It's going to be good. It's going to be good tonight. Well, who do you? I, I like Epicenter. 
Yeah, I, I like I like epicenter, and I don't know crap about horses. Like legit, I love <laughs> I love going uh, occasionally out to, to fodder or a couple of times up to Grand Island, and even in Lincoln. You know, uh, with with uh, with State Fair Park, it was it was fun to go do shows out there and and just check it out. But I'm just I'll be straight with you, brother. Whoever I pick, I'm just donating. <laughs> I'm just donating hey, so my money. Did bit about uh, State Fair Park. Um, you know when when. It looked like it did in the past and, and not what it looks like now, which yeah. is, is pretty amazing out there, is you would find uh, you would find quite a few people in the media industry that would <laughs> you know be out there in the afternoon or or you would find that were coaches that you would you know be bouncing around the clubhouse there and uh, you might run into somebody it was it was quite the place to uh, find uh, you know you just find people that you're like I didn't think you'd be here oh no I love horses. <laughs> Yeah, well, they do. And there's a Hall of Fame high school coach that I'd bump into every time I was out there. <laughs> that was good. And uh, you'll see a football coach and you'll see uh, uh, there's at least uh, one episode per season during Law and Order's heyday of, of Lenny Briscoe uh, at the window <laughs> trying to, to put it down. So we were talking uh, Nebraska-themed horse names. And, and Vogue's said man, woman, and child. Uh, dear friend of ours, John Baylor, how about naming Gary Sharp's horse that'll run in the Derby next year called the Grandkids? I could get behind that. I could get behind that. Knowing JB, and that's kind of one of his signature lines. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think in my head the announcer saying that as they come down the stretch. Um, <laughs> okay. See, I like the man, woman, and child. Yeah, I thought that was big time. I, I, I've been here over here brainstorming. Yeah. I, I said in Dominican last time, I think now I might go bangerang. Okay. You're going to go a little KP love there. I, I, I'm going to just be pretty obvious, but I think Fumbaruski is the name. Mm. Do you have a, a name in your back pocket, Sharpie, off the top of your head, Nebraska-related? Well, well, I'm thinking of um, announcer phrases. How about Matt Coatney's "You betcha"? Yeah, that. And here well, comes "You betcha." <laughs> that's money. That'd be really good. That'd be really good. Uh, there's touchdown Tommy. One of my favorite uh, marketing campaigns back in the day was, I think Runza did it, and they were trying to get To to throw the football more. So uh, it was Air Aussie with Runza. So, <laughs> so Nebraska had I, I don't know. I think it was a. 150 yards passing, you got a couple of bucks off your cheese runza. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's switch gears, uh, Sharpie, to some uh, some Nebraska football stuff. We were talking a week ago about O'Shawn. He, he picked Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska also able to get Devin Drew. Your quick takeaway on on what, what you think, A, uh, Nebraska was able to do to differentiate themselves, B, uh, let's talk on field and, and what it can mean for Coach Chins and, and how creative he can get. Let's start with uh, O'Shawn Mathis, who, you know, I, I think when we were on last mm-hmm. week, I said, I, you know what, I'm feeling better, but not super confident to crystal ball it. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a win for Nebraska because they beat Texas, but they beat, they beat a school at a, at a position that they needed a body, and they needed somebody to be a disruptor. Now, he is in no ways Randy Gregory. So for people that think you're getting Randy Gregory, you're not. Because it's going to be an adjustment going from the Big 12 to the Big 10 to the kind of offenses that are going to come at him and more of the offenses that are going to run right at him and, and try and put him in space. Or you know, then it shifts to what will Eric Chenander do with him? Now, he's talented enough 
that he can get off the ball and get to the quarterback, and is that all they're going to ask him to do? You know, he, what he was asked to do a little bit in the TCU defense, and this is even with Devin Drew, is going to be much different than what they're asking him to do at Nebraska. But with Mathis, I think, is Chenander just going to let him go and let him rip through and go get the quarterback? Um, you know, this is an opportunity for Mathis, I think, to come to a place to shine because he wants to go to the NFL. This really should not be more than a, a year deal with him here. As he comes, he shows up, he shows out, and he helps his stock, he helps the team win, and he moves on to the NFL. Now, I think it's pretty important the way they got him, the whole package, they brought him here, but to beat Texas, but most importantly, the position you need. Now, I think Devin Drew is, is one of the more interesting pickups because he's also at a position of need. And, you know, what he had to do in the Texas Tech defense is completely different than what he's going to have to do in a Big Ten defense. And he's going to have to be a clog stopper. And he's also going to have to be somebody where they're going to ask out of that position. At some point, you know, Nebraska's defensive tackle has got to create havoc and push the line of scrimmage in and try and get to the quarterback. But I think with the addition of these two, and you could have another two coming, you know, we're going to see more of an even front. And we've seen that kind of transition over the last couple of years but I think this just solidifies it when you get a guy like Mathis you'll play more of an even front but it's a good you know Nebraska is in the offseason you know and you go back and forth with your your uh, listeners on your show and I do as well is oh my gosh look at all these portal guys well you know Nebraska has had some failures in recruiting and they have to fix some holes and whether than whether than sitting back and going oh whoa me they've gone out and tried to fix those holes and they could have six starters and you don't want that to be like that every year. But Nebraska's going to have four to five transfers uh, out of the portal. They're just doing really well this year. And those two were big pickups, and I expect a couple of more before the month is over. Gary Sharps with us, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharp, to go back and, and touch on the, the ask part of this with O'Shawn and, and Drew. Both guys, were they under, and, and Mathis's numbers were great, but you know, looking at a couple of his interviews, he he got asked to 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 drop and just react defensively. His job within the frame of the defense wasn't always to attack. I mean, a lot of it was was read and react, and the 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 defense that Drew came with. And we talk about getting after the quarterback. Tech was very conservative with what they did in coverage. And then they're just their down linemen. I mean, the down linemen were supposed to be the ones that got home, and a lot of times it was three on five, right? You didn't have an extra rusher, and there was eight in coverage. Both these guys got to be extremely excited about heading to uh, an aggressive defense with Chin Chinander. I mean, that had to be uh, one of many selling points here for, for Nebraska's recruitment. I think so. Uh, you know, you're more proactive than reactive mm-hmm. when you're playing defense. And again, it's going to be different with the Big Ten because Big Ten linemen are going to line up and they're going to try and just run right over you. And so you've got to be really good at the point of attack. But I think it'll help these guys being more reactive. And you know, they have they're not dropping. Instead, they're going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're good additions to Nebraska. I mean, there's no. No doubt that Nebraska needs bodies at those positions. But more than bodies, they need, they need some people to take up snaps but also play well. And I think Mathis will get a lot of attention. But I think Drew is the one that really, that's a good pickup. I'm curious to watch how he develops at that position. Gary, when you look at the, the Husker defense as a whole, what are your biggest question marks entering 2022? 
My biggest, one of my biggest question marks is they have a second-round pick in the defensive backfield that they've got to replace. Uh, what's safety going to look like? Are they pursuing a DB out of Alabama because, uh-oh, we just made it through spring and there's nobody that is stepping forward? I worry about the back end a little bit. Um, I think Travis Fisher has a collection of guys that's you know still unproven that he will coach up. But, gosh, they have, to, they have to have some guys that are older. Like a Miles Farmer has to play much better than he did at any point last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Newsom is going to continue to come along. But you wonder, okay, what's Tommy Hill going to be like? If they're pursuing a DB from Alabama, what does that mean about a guy like Singleton? So I worry about the defensive backfield. I think your two best players are your two linebackers, Nick mm-hmm. and Luke. I think they're stellar there. I think this is just going to be a defense – you know, it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress. Um, you know, that defense bailed out Nebraska's offense a lot last year. I think the offense will be ahead of the defense to begin. But I do have faith that Aaron Chenander, you know, they're, they're adjusting. I think he feels more comfortable in designing a defense against Big Ten teams. That the defense isn't all of a sudden the bottom is not going to fall out. But it's going to be a little bit before they get to the, to the level of where they were last year. And they've got to be better. You know, they got to find a way to get off the field on third down. They got to find a way to get to the quarterback more often. They got to find a way to stop the run. If they can do all of those things during the course of the season, then you feel confident enough that the offense is going to make strides, that that's going to keep Nebraska in games. It's going to help Nebraska win. Sharpie, how do you feel about Wynn and, uh, and Kane Williams? Those are the two Bama prospects. We're, we're hearing about, and Nebraska isn't done with their additions, we don't think, but Wynn's a kid that is massive, and he's just been stuck behind some really good NFL talent at Alabama, and then Williams, I know there's connection, because he's a Louisiana kid, correct? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I think Nebraska has a good chance to get both of them, uh, and you're right about Wynn. He's stuck behind guys that are going to the league, and he wants to play more. Um, I, I don't. I worry about not worry. I wonder about Williams. You know, he, there's not really a lot of tape out there on him. You know, he played special teams. You know, why is he coming to Nebraska? Is he coming here to win? You know, what what is the plan for him when he gets here? I hear the word gap filler a lot when you're adding portal guys this time of the year. Is he more than a gap filler? Is there something that Nebraska sees that they can unlock that all of a sudden he walks in the door and He's up to speed, and he's playing a lot. You know, sometimes it can be difficult with the portal, and especially guys that are coming this time of the year, to get them in and get them going. I mean, they have to be a special player to show up in late May or early June or July and hit the ground running and have an impact right away. Nebraska doesn't have that luxury of waiting, so that's the only fear of guys that are added now. I like the portal guys that get a chance to go through winter conditioning, get, go through spring ball that are here, that know their teammates and their teammates know them. Not a knock on the guys that are coming now, but I think you have to sometimes temper your expectations with guys that show up late unless they're just a complete difference maker and a record. Sharpie, got to go to the NIL topic this week, and we've touched on Arizona, the epicenter of, of frustration, but at least there was communication going on. Uh, with your SEC contacts. It's always cutthroat in the SEC, but it seems really, uh, I don't want to say toxic, but just uh, not a lot of backslapping this week between SEC folks. Well, it's, you know, one thing where the NCAA, they never imagined that it would get to this point. Shocker. They didn't have any guardrails that were set up for the schools. And so schools, you know, you give them, 
an inch and they'll take a mile, that old adage. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened here. And name, image, likeness has become pay for play. It's really gotten out of control. And now you got Congress that might be involved that's trying to rein it in. You've got the NCAA that wants to look at these collectives. Um, you know, you just you have a, you have a lot of disagreement on what's going on. And, and later this month, Trev Alberts is going to get together with, you know, a, a large collection of some of the top boosters of Nebraska athletics just to talk about name, image, likeness, where this is going, what they can do. You know, Nebraska is fortunate enough that boosters don't run the place like at a say a place like Auburn because you see now and you're hearing that boosters are doing deals with really without the acknowledgement of or the knowledge of the athletic departments. And you get stuff all over the place. You get coaches that are upset, and you get players that are in the portal that you never expected to be in the portal. It has really become a mess. I still believe that naming likeness is good because I think players deserve uh, to be paid. Uh, But this is not the system that anyone could have imagined. And, you know, the NCAA threw their hands up and said, all right, this is on you. And this is really... I think fast-forwarded where we're going in college football. I mean, are we going to a centralized body that takes care of football, and are we just seeing that the NCAA at some point, they're going to be whittled down so much, they're just going to run championships, and they won't be involved in compliance and anything else that they've done over the long, long history of the NCAA. Gary, the story out Thursday night was that the NCAA was considering retroactive penalties for schools that have committed violations uh, in NIL. Do do you believe that from an organization that is still yet to punish any schools from the the FBI NCAA basketball probe? Yeah, uh, I just, Elijah, I just laughed at that because, (laughs) what was it, a month ago they handed a trophy to Bill Self? Aren't Aren't they investigating KU? I mean, come on. This is, they, they had a leader that has no forward thinking or is not a visionary, is not a leader, that is not respected, and now they're going to try and put the genie back in the bottle. Good luck with that. As they always say, there will be lawyers. And you know what? Some of these boosters and these collectives might have better lawyers than the NCAA could ever imagine. It's a mess. They have to find a way to rein it in. Now, there is one part that I agree with, and maybe this is where they can stop it, because again, I. I don't know how much you're putting the genie back in the bottle, is doing deals with recruits before they ever get on campuses because there's where the influence can really play. But I tell you, there's, there's a lot of athletic directors that are very concerned about name image likeness. And we saw if you are not up to speed on name image likeness and what it can do or can't do for your athletic department, you're in trouble. The Wichita State athletic director, one of the reasons that he was dismissed earlier this week is they've lost an abundance of players in basketball, their number one sport, because he's not all in on name, image, likeness. That's wrong. But athletic directors are very concerned about where this is going. But who is the person or the people that are going to rein this in and have guardrails that we have not had for a year where this thing has gotten out of control and you get the Jordan Addison situation from this past weekend. Sharpie, to wrap, we'll get your thoughts on Nebraska baseball. Uh, Good offensive showing last night. Uh, Minnesota's a team they need to get the brooms out for. Overall, as you look at Nebraska in the Big Ten, they're they're back in eighth to get to Omaha for the Big Ten. What's Nebraska need to do record-wise here down the stretch? Well, I think they need to go six and three. So now they need to go five and three. But they need to add two more this weekend. Minnesota's not very good. Uh, it's, it's really kind of odd. Minnesota was one of the better programs in the Big Ten just recently. And it seems like when COVID hit in the shortened season – 
that they lost, and then last year and then this year, Minnesota baseball has taken a big step back. They're at the bottom of the Big Ten for a reason. So Nebraska needs to find a way, regardless of how it looks, to win the next two. And, but I think six and three over the last nine just get to Omaha. Does that mean they're going to go on a run over a four- or five-day stretch? No, but they need to get to Omaha. And then you never know what's going to happen. What is frustrating, guys, we talked about this a lot, this is a year the Big Ten is so down. I mean, the Big Ten is so, so down to miss out on the opportunity for Nebraska just to, to be what we thought they would be and be injury-free and be successful and you know, be able to make better decisions defensively. I mean, Nebraska could have been in a really good spot in the Big Ten, but they're fighting to, to get into the tournament in a league that really Maryland and Rutgers are, are the top teams. Disappointing year in the Big Ten, but just get to the tournament, and I think – Six and three, now five and three after last night's victory will get you here. Sharpie, cheers. Enjoy the Derby. Enjoy uh, some uh, some baseball this weekend, man. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, thanks, guys, and uh, uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, to uh, both of your moms and everybody's uh, moms as well. Absolutely, Sharpie. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. See there he is, the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, putting it down. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio can do so spotify itunes google play is where you find us and you can find the family of her dad uh, podcasts of course uh, greg smith aaron Sorensen, brandon vogel jacob padilla Derek uh peterson of course his uh, varsity club podcast and then uh, you zoom out a little bit uh, shick and nick podcast nick baugh and uh jacob padilla has a couple of different podcasts as well uh so uh, be sure to lock in on those with Herdad Media. On demand, ESPNLincoln.com for any of the interviews you want to access specifically. And uh, give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take it and love the feedback. Hail Varsity Radio Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. We'll talk to you Monday on Hail Varsity. Enjoy the Derby. Enjoy some ball. A Herdad Media Production.